When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. And as always, my name is Dan Rosan. I'm joined by John Fisher. Good morning, John. Good morning, Dan. It is a, a peak unfortunate the day for you all. It's 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 very early in the morning uh, for reasons. We've been kept awake by how bad the New Jersey Devils are. And John, you were saying. I regret to inform everybody that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, Dan, mm-hmm. we set a franchise record for futility this week mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. 13 winless games in a row on the mark, on the dead cat bounce, finally won a game yesterday against L.A., and because the Devils lost their fourth straight, all four of their games this week, they lost in regulation. The Devils are now behind the team that has a 10-game winless streak and a 13-game winless streak in this season. By the way, we're not even at 45 games yet. And now the thing is, with the um, with the Devils' play, at least these last four games, I've definitely felt better watching them than I had several games earlier in the season. I have to say, it's more frustration at the end result than... Um, the frustration I had at the process earlier in the season. I think we've reached the point where uh, safe to say anyone who has delusions of the devils, even remotely sniffing a playoff spot can use this week to go ahead and officially bury those. And we're at the point of the season where we're playing out the string, looking for progress, looking for development. And so far, I think the devils have found that they have one very good line. I think they, it. I, I think it's fair to say they have one and a third very good lines. Okay. They have one of the third very good lines, and also uh, they have a pretty good defensive pairing if, you know, anyone was able to actually stay healthy all the time. Um, that's the other issue. It's easy to look at this season and say, well, we could use a lot of the same excuses that we were using for other seasons. They had a lot of injuries. Check. Their goaltending was not quite there. Check. Their special teams early in the season buried them. Check. But at the very least, the special teams have turned around to a significant degree. They're Mm -hmm. getting goals from players that we'd want to see contributions from. So, again, if they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, I don't really hate this part of the process where the results may not be going their way, but I'm not even, frankly, looking at the results anymore. Well, I will say that uh, three out of the four games in this past week that we're about to cover, we could say the Devils put in competitive performances where – Mm-hmm. With a d- little bit of different luck, uh, the goaltending was actually there to provide a winnable result. Um, I think the frustration is more due to the fact that this is yet another season where we're discussing this. And I don't know about you or the other people who matter, Dan, but I still remember when 
at the locker room breakdown day last um, last season, back in May, mm-hmm. Tom Fitzgerald told anybody who would listen of, oh, we got to play some meaningful games. We want to be competitive all the way to the game 82. Bro, it, this team was not a playoff team and put itself out of the playoffs, honestly, back in December. As you said, this is the week where you can really bury it because now the Devils are behind the team that has literally 23 winless games both in two very long streaks. The Devils are behind that team now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I got to say, Dan, it, it's more than just goaltending. You want to oh, ask me how I know that? <laughs> well, yeah, so it's more than just goaltending. I, I, I will ask you how you know that, but I just want to throw out there. Uh, I think I'm officially over the whole tracking what happens in the offseason and feeling good about it thing. Because at this point, the Devils have, quote unquote, won the offseason for what, the yep. third straight year? And the Rangers significantly, quote unquote, lost the offseason by every uh, account. And here we are looking at meaningless hockey while the uh, the team with the goaltender who is, you know, defying every single analytic measurement of what that team's supposed to be, carrying the Rangers to a playoff spot in the division. Well, Dan, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to blow everybody's mind here. I'm actually, we're recording this on the 30th. So I'm about to do the month in review post. It's going to go up on the 1st of February. Um, Dan, Hmm? so far in this month, not including today's games or tomorrow's games. Yep. Who has the worst safe percentage in five on five hockey? The worst safe percentage in five on five hockey? Yes. Is it Mackenzie Blackwood? No. Is it Philip Grubauer? Well, Dan, I'm talking about a team. Oh, a team. Okay, I thought you meant a team save percentage. Okay, is it the New Jersey Devils? No, they're actually 30th. They're they're third third from last. Look at us. Look at this. You know, Uh, you know who's who's next to last is Montreal, who has all of one win this month, which is not surprising. Yeah, but Dan, the worst team this month so far. In five on five. And I say five on five because if you had special teams, the Devils actually get moved up to like 24th, 25th in the league, which is still not good, but it's also not near the It bottom. wasn't where it was earlier in the season. <laughs> right. It's going to be the team the Devils are going to play on Monday and Tuesday. Ooh. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who ah. have won seven out of ten games in this month. <laughs> and would you like to know why? Why they're able to get results? Not just results, Dan, but have a very good record, seven, two and one in 10 games, uh, regardless of what happens on Monday. That's a really good record for a month. Dan. Here, here's my guess. And, and they and they have and they have a save percentage this month of eighty eight point three, which is less than the Devils. Eighty nine point three. So my guess is that their number one defenseman didn't get hit in the face with a puck. Um, that's part of it. That, that's a big guess that I have. And that's a, another one of those contributing factors that leads to this season being lost for the Devils is that. They just simply don't have any injury luck. But besides that, the Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leafs seem to have more than one line capable of producing offense. And the Devils, while they have that to some extent on some nights, and earlier in the season it looked like they had a second one that could do that, that line is almost completely dried out at this point, um, where the entire offensive engine is now being run by the people we would expect to run it in Jack Hughes um, and Jesper Bratt. And they're carrying Jaeger Sharangovich nicely along, getting him plenty of opportunities. But beyond that, uh, Nico has not had any real, any real impact to speak of in terms of getting his line mates more points. There, there hasn't been much from the Mercer line, the fourth line, forget about it, besides Nate Bastion, power play God. Well, Dan, 
Toronto is getting it done by two ways. One, their team as a whole is just really good defensively. Like mm-hmm. they're among the best teams in terms of uh, limiting shots against, attempts against, scoring chance against, uh, even so, better than New Jersey. So and, context of that save percentage, there's not a lot of shots that are getting through that they're missing. Well, so it's less goals and volume wise. Well, we're saying? still talking. Well, well, the, well, we're still talking about 27 shots per 60 minutes. So it's not nothing, you know. Yeah, it's not, it's the, not, it's nothing, not the house. It's, it's not like the LA Kings where they only allow 24. No, it's less um, than the 34, 35 that some other teams find themselves facing nightly. Right, but the Devils aren't one of those teams either. No, no. Anyway, but uh, the other big thing is that, as you just said, and I'm glad you brought this up, is that Toronto scores a lot of goals, so they can keep up in these games. So if their goalie's giving up a whole bunch, they're having a rough night. They're generating enough offensive opportunities to not only outscore them by the XG model at natural stat trick, but also in reality where, yeah, they're giving up 3.17 goals against per 60, which is really, really bad, but they're scoring just as many. So they're, they're working it out. And so special teams can help bridge that gap and make the difference and therefore get some wins. And fun fact, Dan, here's another team who also has a very poor save percentage this month, who has been very successful, Boston. Mm Mm-hmm a team that beat the Devils, and very similarly. It's not that their goaltending has been amazing. Uh, of course, it helps that Carolina basically kicked the crap out of them on Willie O'Reilly, but yep. nevertheless, uh, similar to Toronto, they score a lot of goals. And that's kind of one of the main points I wanted to bring up today is that as much as, yes, the Devils' goaltending has not been good enough this season, this week showed that you can get decent goaltending three out of four nights, but the lack of offense... And I don't just mean scoring goals, Dan. I'm also eating generating shots on that. It's creating yeah. pressure. It's getting those opportunities to even possibly create goals. Um, that was lacking throughout the week. And that was a big reason why the Devils went 0 for 4 against LA, against Dallas, against Tampa Bay, and against Carolina. I mean, we knew this stretch was going to be tough going into it. We talked about as much, but um, I think also, again, we have to restate the importance of Dougie Hamilton being missing for all these games. Uh, the, the shifting of assignments that happens defensively throughout the lineup is completely different without him there. The power play is different, although it has been working really well. So I don't really know why, you know, besides Nate Bastion, why there's been such a stark difference, but they're almost oh, the only you. part of the team that's functional right now. Um, and then, uh, let's see, beyond that, you know, they, they played through these games and the model for how this team's supposed to win based on how you're describing is that 7-4 game that they played against Carolina, that 7-3 game they played against the Panthers earlier in the season. They, they just had to outdo the volume of goals that were going into their own net. That's the model that they should be following and that's the one that they could not. Well, I'm glad you brought up those two games because those two games are great examples of how the devils tend there. They lean a lot on their um, long shots, guys, guys shooting from the point defensemen primarily. And if you're able to get tips and you're able to create rebounds, then yeah, you can create some potential goal scoring opportunities. However, most of the season we have seen literally that it really doesn't create a lot of goals. It's it's as Jack hand describes it. It's high risk, low reward hockey. Um, as I've commented, you know, at the game, and uh, I'll probably use this phrase a lot more on, on the site because uh, it's a good one. It's that the Devils work really, really hard for really poor shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just exasperates the problems that they have with their offense where um, their, their, their money chances, their great chances to score have to come in off the rush because they're not going to create it uh, normally at five on five. And you see that with their power play where a number of their power play goals this month 
was not so much because the system was working. It was Jack Hughes deciding, I'm just going to carry the puck and look for Jesper Bratt and uh, make some magic happen. And that's how a couple of these goals have been scored. So and those two have been, I have to say, those two have been uh, exceptional. Those two have been yeah, everything. You can't that say they're the problem anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. They've been, they've well, been everything that, well, what, what else could you expect from Jesper Brad, a sixth rounder from, you know, what was it? 2017 sixth rounder, something like was, that. But, but even still, 2016 to get point per game production at any point in a sixth rounders career is already a miracle. But the fact that he can maintain it consistently, especially playing with Jack Hughes, who just locked himself to being here for another uh, seven seasons. That's a very good sign for um, the future of at least if they ever need a kickstart for Jack Hughes, they can always do that. At this point though, it looks like the other lines need a bit of a kickstart. Well, um, a bunch of guys need to uh, quote unquote get going, so to speak. And this is the, where the frustration really sets in because statistically it's not as if they're getting destroyed out there outside no. of the fourth line. But the problem is, is that there's not enough there to consistently uh, threaten. I'll, I'll quickly go through the games because I think they tell the story better than anything I could come up with. So on the 23rd last Sunday, the Devils hosted Los Angeles. And this was a game where, you know, the Devils definitely struggled against LA's ways. LA is a very structured team. I know a lot of people talk about how big and heavy they were, but I think people lack misunderstand that this team just, you know, LA in general this season is very strong defensively. And the difference in this game was that the fact that the Devils couldn't get, couldn't find space against the Kings, especially in the third period against uh, a suspect looking Cal Peterson. And, you know, the Devils completely lose Carl Grunderson on defense, let him walk into the, uh, in the offensive zone, Dustin Brown finds him. pass shot score. That's your game mm-hmm. um, on, on the 25th against Dallas, where the devil's just completely melted down in front of Akira Schmid uh, 15 seconds into the game. Um, you know, the devil's got one shot on, you know, one goal and yeah, they put up over 30 shots on that, but a lot of these shots were, you know, not really threatening shots or challenging shots for the goaltender. So, you know, and of course Dallas already ran away with the game in the third, in the first period, but the offensive response was very very lacking Mm -hmm. in the 27th against Tampa Bay. Again, the performance was actually pretty good considering the level of opponent, the devil's hung tough. Jack Hughes made it two two in the, in the third period. But again, there wasn't enough of a push to uh, make that happen. I would say out of the four games this week, this was probably their best played game. However, their defensive uh, system of overloading, you know, going after the puck carrier Mm -hmm. that tends to leave other guys get open. And that's how Anthony Torelli was able to freely run to the front of the net Andre Pollat eventually got him the puck in front of the net. And of course he beat John Gillis. So it's three, it's a three, two loss. And, you know, I call that a system GA because it kind of is, it it, it highlights the flaw of the devil's system of defense, but uh, there's not enough offensive response to uh, get it, get it going. And then on the 29th last night, uh, two, one to Carolina where yeah, Carolina, you know, bounced in a goal in the first period. Devils actually played a really good second period against them and had some opportunities to score. Didn't get them, but Hey, it happens. Ante Rantz is a good goaltender, but in the third period, Dan, they put three shots on net. Yep. Three. Not a way and to come I, back. I, and I understand Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton's not in the lineup, but when you get 22 shots in the two periods beforehand, I kind of expect a lot more than just three shots on net uh, in a one shot game. I mean, and, and Carolina is one of the best maddening. teams in the division. Let's let's not get it twisted. These games right. were always uphill battles, no matter 
which of these four opponents they were facing. And again, they, they remain competitive in most of them, but it's just a matter of the better team will win the game more times, more often than not. You know, statistically, that, but... they're more likely to get those breaks by being better. They're, they're more likely to just do that. And, and so that's what we saw manifested. But it's just a bummer that the Devils can't ever win that kind of. Well, it's more than just the winning, Dan. It goes back to what you were saying about the performances. It's it's basically how are you able to get behind this defense, the Carolina defense, or beat their man-on-man system for 22 shots on net in two periods, and then when you need, you know, you're in that third period, you just come up lame. Um, I well, mean, that's, my that's favorite that's graphic that's also a- from this week, by the way, that's been making a lot of appearances is the deserve to win a meter because the Devils have found themselves on the positive end of that uh, a lot of times this week. Uh, I just want to point out that they don't deserve to win if they don't score goals. <laughs> and, and that's and that, exactly that. And it's not just scoring goals. It's also just creating offense, you know, creating shot attempts, creating saves. It, it'd be one thing if we sat there and said, you know, Antti made a bunch of um, great saves. You got to tip your hat to the goaltender. That happens in hockey. That's why you lost. That would be great if we could sit here and say that. But in, instead, we have to say, similar to the L.A. game, the Devils just didn't do enough to win. Um, even though, yes, it was close. Yes, it wasn't an embarrassing loss like the Arizona loss or the Dallas loss on Tuesday or a bunch of other games earlier in the season. But at the same time, you know, even with not much to play for, you still want to at least get some W's here and there to show that what you're doing is something functional. And four straight losses just isn't going to get it done. And with Toronto coming up, despite their poor goaltending this month, I have very little faith that the Devils are going to get anything out of their home and home against Toronto. I think I'm on the opposite side of this at this point where I'm knowing that they're not going to be in the playoffs. You might as well. It's the thing where I don't I never root for the team to lose, but I'm okay with that kind of result at this point because we know for a fact that they're not going anywhere. But in terms of how they're remaining competitive in the games, they haven't been unwatchable. They've definitely been. It's been frustrating, but it hasn't been just a, you know, besides the Dallas game this week, a straight up boat race from minute one. And so that that kind of thing is fine with me if the results are not going at this point because they don't really need to anymore. Um, it, it does help build confidence to get wins, but also builds confidence to get points and be productive. And looking at the team and looking at what's happened this year between, you know, injuries and consistency, whatever issues the special teams were having that they've now let Jack Hughes essentially will them out of, um, you can look at that and say, yeah, there's a lot of, we're, we're more magnified on this because it's been several seasons of this already, but in a vacuum, this season is a complete Murphy's law for the devils yet again. Well, again, you have to start asking the question. If you're constantly having Murphy law seasons, there's some other issues happening here that maybe, maybe we're not uh, seeing for whatever reason. Well, two big issues were Jack Hughes taking a hit the second game of the season that knocked him out for about a month and a half. And also, yeah. Well, again, that kills any momentum that they had. They kept winning after that, but then they started not to, you know, teams started figuring them out without Jack Hughes and all of a sudden exactly. he came back and they lost what, like seven straight. And that, and that's actually, a, I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's actually a way bigger problem than, than it, it, it's letting on bigger than Jack Hughes being out bigger than Ducky Hamilton missing about a month of hockey, bigger than COVID issues and almost as big, maybe not as big as the goaltending problems, but it's up there for me is the fact that the devils are a very easy team to figure out mm-hmm. um, after and the teams Arizona have said as much. Yeah, exactly. After the Arizona loss. And I understand that's beyond the scope of what we normally talk about, but the Arizona loss, 
the Associated Press report had a quote from Jacob Chitrin of Arizona, future name your team here, because apparently he's on every trade block rumor, um, said that after that first period, we figured out what they were going to do off the rush and everything. So we were able to adjust and uh, we came back. And that's been the story of the season. Look, I understand that this isn't like, you know, this is similar to football in that you can't just really change a team's defensive or offensive identity like midway through a season. You've practiced way too much and there's not enough time between games to like wholesale make changes, which is why adjustments are very important. And coming up with very general, very similar systems, um, there's a reason why the good coaches figure out the details that make sense for their team and the not so good coaches they just throw stuff at a wall and make it stick. Uh, hmm. And that's one of my frustrations with the devils this season as a whole is that Lindy Ruff and his staff outside of the penalty kill have been doggedly stuck to their systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even in the face of lots of evidence against it failing, like, you know, yes, the devil's defensive stats at, on the surface look great because they swarm it up on defense. They overload on the puck carrier, sending two guys over there. Occasionally you'll see four or five, you know, guys in devil's jerseys, on the strong side with the puck. And yeah, when, when you are able to win the puck or get a block or deny the outlet pass or whatever you're looking to, to stop, it works great. It kills, it kills the play and you're able to rush up, oper- rush up quickly. So, you know, the numbers look good in that sense. However, when it fails and oh boy, it does fail. You, you, it costs you, you know, it's not a case of you need a, you know, a, a brick wall and net to bail you out. It's a case of maybe you need to lighten up on the, on the aggressiveness a little bit, you know, lighten it up say for certain units like i don't know christian yaros and, and colton white you know don't throw everybody against the puck carrier you know and tell your forwards hey guys you really need to pay attention to the backside because it's your responsibility in theory so step it up but again all, even if the devils fix that and you're getting good goaltending from john gillis who honestly has been good this week you can't say he's been uh, awful um, we're talking about a team that has uh, its leading scorer at five on five is Nathan Bastion with three goals this month. Hey, can I and, say and also in points is David Severson with six that, points. You know, Gillies, he hasn't been awful, but he doesn't get you that one big save. He doesn't get you that clutch moment. This is where they really needed one kind of save. He's performing up to what they expected of him, which is still you know, pretty much if you look at the expected goals that he should allow, he's pretty much on the ball, which means that they're allowing opportunities that yield expected goals. He just yeah. can't save over that amount. They have to know that going into it. They have to right. know what they're dealing with. They're not going to have a goalie that can bail them out in a one-on-one every time. It's not going to happen. Right. And you would think that by now the coaches would make that clear, or at least the coaches themselves would understand that, that you know, whether or not Blackwood was performing badly or now that we know he was playing hurt, which you know, the coaches, you could argue, should be you know held liable for that. Um, and Gillis, you know, you would think logically, okay, we got a guy here who's not an ace or he's not performing like one. Let's do our best to make the life like a little easier for him. Let's do our best. So this way we're not asking our goaltender to play 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 out of his mind in, other, in order for us for a chance to win. Similar to how in football where, you know, if the quarterback's having a bad day, you know, the team just doesn't throw up their hands and go, well, the quarterback's having a bad day. That's why we lost. It's, you know, guys on defense will say, okay, we got to step it up. The running back will say, I got to step it up. The O-line will say, I got to step it up. So this way. And that's how the least... 49ers got to the conference finals. Exactly. And that's how good teams in any sport perform. You know, even if your expect players expected to be good, has a bad game, you don't throw him under the bus. You do your best to work with them 
and try to make the best happen because that's how team sports operate. But the Devils um, don't seemingly want to do that. And, and even if Gillis was giving you that big save, it's moot because the Devils haven't been scoring any goals. And this may shock everybody. Goalies don't score goals. Yeah. All a goalie can do, the best, the best performance a goalie can do is give up nothing. Guess what? You still need to score to win a game. So the problems are apparent, but our solutions on the way. Well, let's look at Utica here for the top goal scoring hope for the New Jersey mm. Devils, Alex Holtz, who continues to light it up and show that he's essentially a quad A player right now. Yep. Not only that, you have several other players in Utica who uh, who have been performing well. I mean, we already seen enough of Chase DeLeo, but he, you know, he's another quad A player. Mm-hmm. He's got 35 points in 25 games which is great for an AHL veteran. You got Fabian Zetterlund, whom I'd like to see get some games. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's actually leading the team with 16 goals and has 31 points himself. He's also up for a new contract after the season. So that's the main reason why I want to see him get some games in New Jersey, because I think New Jersey is going to have to make a decision on Zetterlund's future since his his first contract's ending. If he's just a quad A player and Zetterlund does have contacts back in Europe, there's going to be that question of a, is he, do you think he's an NHL player? And B, if the answer is no, do you effectively tell him, look, son, if you want to stay here, that's great. But, uh, you know, but if you got options in Europe and you'd rather take it, we'd understand. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd like to see him succeed. I'd like to see any devil's draft pick succeed, but that, that's the reality of the situation for a guy like Zetter. Um, Yeah. As you said, Holtz has 22 points in 20 games and has been, firing a lot of shots he's actually believe it or not everybody uh third on the team in shots despite playing fewer games than Zetterlund and De, um only Zetterlund and DeLeo have uh, more shots on that and they've played at least five more games than him which nice. tells you who's been firing the shots on this team and that's what we um, want that's what we wanted to see from Alex yeah, Holt exactly. his first year in the AHL we wanted to see him kind of dominate that league it's it's a bummer that it hasn't really translated to the NHL quite yet when he's been up here but there's all a host of other reasons for that Exactly. And, and it's also comes down to the usage by the coaches. I remember when they was brought up, they, they coaching made it very clear. Ruff said, Oh, we expect him to help out on our power play. It's like, bro, you're acting the 19 year old rookie to fix your broken power play. Mm-hmm. By the time this was at the time, not on a power play goal scoring streak. Everyone, this was back when power plays just made it. You wanted to, you know, fall Claw your uh, eyes out. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say crawl up into the fetal position, pretend it's not happening. And then, you know, mute the TV when, mute the TV or the radio or whatever. Okay. Well, whenever, I would do uh, all that. And the short happens. Out. How about that? Yeah, You could do all of that. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Life is it's your life, Dan. I Secret option E all of the above. Yeah. In any case, but the point is, is that, yeah, there, there are, there's going to be opportunities down the stretch. And I think once the devils once again, sell at the trade deadline, not that they're going to get a whole lot, but they're going to sell again. Um, some spots will probably open up and we'll see a couple of these guys. I'm sure Riley Walsh will be another guy that they're going to want to look at just to see like, what is his future? Um, I'd rather at least see him over Kevin ball, but then Mm -hmm. again, this staff seems to have a thing for big, mean, tall defensemen who, who aren't very quick and, and, and aren't in position. So all those things I just said in a gruff voice doesn't even matter. So we'll talk more about what the, uh, potential, um, deadline pieces that could move are for the devils. I think there's a few pretty obvious ones, but uh, it's not going to be the same value as last year when they moved uh, or two years ago when they moved, uh, you know, Paul Mary, Zajac, Coleman, all those guys Um, don't expect a lot in terms of transactions that'll come out of the devils and don't expect a lot back. I don't think there's 
all that many assets that are super hot right now. Um, we'll talk about that closer to the deadline. I don't really think it makes any sense right now. But um, that being said, yeah, there, there's going to be some changes. Someone's going to go. There's, there's going to be something that happens because if nothing happens, it, it, essentially you're just giving up on this season as a whole, as a process, and not just in terms of um, the results of getting into the playoffs. I think in terms of making the team better as a continuous goal of the GMing process, you would be failing at that if you don't make a move at this deadline. Absolutely. So, Dan, I've got one last question for you. Yep. The All-Star Weekend break is at the end of this coming week. It's the 4th and the 5th. Mm-hmm. Do you care? Not even a little bit. Okay. I yep. figured as such. Yeah. Because, uh, again, the, it's a short week for everybody in the NHL. The Devils just have their home-and-home home, uh, series with Toronto. They're at Toronto tomorrow night. They're going to be at home at the rock on February 1st. By that point, everything from the blizzard should be uh, cleared up. It's actually pretty clear up here in North Jersey in my neck of the woods. Maybe it is still a little messy up in your neck of the woods So stay safe out there. If you're venturing out on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday, it should be fine. So um, not that I expect a lot of people at the rock because you know, who wants to pay a lot of money to see a team that's below the Philadelphia flyers who have set a franchise record for futility in the standings. I hear you, John, and I'm sure that the uh, the ownership hears the frustration as well. Uh, no, let's see don't. if they do anything no, they... about it. Uh, listen, I'm no. sure they hear it. Whether or not they want to do anything about it is a different story. True. Okay, you're probably you're probably correct in that sense. I'm pretty sure it's impossible not to hear it at this point after it's been continuous years of screaming into the abyss. But well, David Blitzer like... may be a little too busy looking for another team to buy. That's um, right. Doing some guardian work, guardianship of another team. Guardianship, realship. Crystal Palace ship, ship. Sixer ship, a share of the Steeler ship. Ugh. Too many fingers in too many pools. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that being said, thank you again for listening. Uh, the Devils, you know, results-wise, we're not going to expect much moving forward from this point, but we will talk about the process. We'll talk about the players that we want to see improving. And so far, from a is Jack Hughes the real deal perspective after last year, yes. Uh, I could safely say the growth has... Uh, the growth that was heralded last year has manifested when he's played this year. Jesper Bratt, the revelation, should have been an all-star, but we'll see if they can keep producing at the level they have been. So with all that being said, thank you again for listening and sticking with us through this year. Uh, I think we're going to call this, I mean, in my head, this is called the burial episode for the season. I don't think there's any sort of real, uh, I don't think there's not even a real chance. I don't think there's even a slight mathematical chance I mean, it is there. Technically, it is there. But it's not really there for the Devils to make the playoffs. So we'll call this the heralded end of the meaningful part of the season. Now we move on to, well, time to scout the process again, as we do for so many years this last decade. Brutal stuff, John. Brutal stuff. I, I look, I'm not looking forward to the Tom Fitzgerald presser after the locker room breakdown in uh, May saying again, we're going to try to play some meaningful games. Because I'm literally going to be the first to say, you said that back back in 2021, and now look at this. Here's your last fun stat of the day, Dan. Remember Lou Lamorello's last season as a New Jersey Devils GM? Oh, I wish I did. They went, they went 32, 36, and 14 for 78 points and a 47.6 uh, points percentage. While this team definitely has more prospects and a, maybe a brighter potential future, they are currently at 15, 23, and 5 with 35 points, a points percentage of 40.7%, and on pace for 67 points. Five years later. <laughs> well, many seven, years later. Dan. seven, seven years later. Wow. 
good, good. You know, you know, Mr. Fitzgerald, it's a results oriented business. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah. So hopefully that turns around. Was that 14 overtime losses? Was that the 0 and 13 shootout year? Or was it? No, that, that no, that was the season prior, that, but it was 14 <laughs> overtime and shootout losses, but it wasn't. Uh, There's probably like seven or eight in the shootout there. The point is, is that this team is still not even better than that team that got Lou Lamorello fired. But they are completely different, John. They are completely different minus Damon Severson. So that's worth talking about, I guess. Anyway, that all being said, I'm going to wrap up again. Thank you all for listening to that. And our frustration knows no bounds. But hopefully you can bear with us through the course of the season as we break down everything Devils and Devils related. So my name is Dan Roselle. I've been joined by John Fisher. And we'll catch you next time on the Garden State of Hockey podcast.